With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Uh, as always, uh, nothing you're about to see is financial advice. We're having a conversation with two founders of a NFC project. Uh, please do your own research. Please understand your own tax liabilities. Uh, everything that we, we are discussing in the blockchain cryptocurrency universe is extremely volatile. Uh, we want everyone to be safe, understand, double, triple check uh, where which websites you're logging into, connecting your MetaMask or whatever uh, software or hardware wallet you're using, and never, ever, ever, ever uh, give your seed keys to anyone at any time ever. Uh, be safe out there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever you are. Uh, we have a very exciting uh, project we'd like to debut, and this is an NFT project uh, that's that's already launched, uh, but has a long roadmap that we want to make sure uh, that two of the founders have the opportunity to kind of explain how they got here, what it is, and really where it's going, because it's a little different than than the computer-generated or kind of garbage AI uh, junk that we've seen a, a lot of uh, flooding the space. And so uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make sure Mr. Stefan Goss has a chance to say hi, uh, what we're excited about today, and then we'll kick it over to uh, Kareem and Kareem, who are not a uh, basketball team, uh, but in fact, uh, extremely successful entrepreneurs in other avenues, uh, which we'll get into here shortly. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm super excited. I think this is kind of a very different NFT project. Um, and I don't follow NFTs all that closely, but this is kind of different and kind of cool. So I'm looking forward to learning more today. Kareem J. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Kareem J. Kareem Jaffer. Uh, just to give you a very quick background of who I am, well, uh, I'm a Ismaili Muslim, um, which I have a very interesting background because my forefathers were from Persia. And then my grandfather was born in India. I was born in Mozambique. And today I live and grew up in Portugal. I studied in the U.S. So fortunately, I've been fortunate enough to understand and learn a lot of cultures and diversities of people around the world. Uh, when I finished my graduate school, I went to working as an investment banker. Had four wonderful years, but got tired of working for others. So decided to join the family business which we're currently not in the best business, which is tourism, hotels, uh, real estate, which is not doing very well, but I think it's a cycle and we'll go through. So being a member of YPO, um, one of the things I was looking at is how do I diversify the family business? And ended up that I saw on the net on the YPO network email that Boloro had something called uh, Sharia compliant lottery. So that suddenly caught my attention because the company or the entity that has these gamings in Portugal, they have the monopoly. The president is a friend of mine. So he was a friend of mine before becoming the president. So then I thought before reaching out to this social entity, I should speak to Boloro, which I met Karim through his partner, which I didn't know Karim until then. And we exchanged some ideas, some opinions, and we said, look, let's give it a try. And I think there's a huge opportunity. 
So then we went to Santa Casa de Misericordia, which is a social entity. They're over 500 years old. And we said we had a project which would allow them to look to the future with greater optimism. Uh, just to give you a little feedback, they have the monopoly of the gaming system in Portugal. However, most, or I would say a large number of their clients are elderly people, which unfortunately getting older, dying, and they've not been able to bring the younger crowd into their gaming uh, revenue system. And we thought that going into this NFT crypto market with this social institution can allow them to look to this new market or new younger market as an opportunity to generate revenues and with that continue funding their social programs. And at the same time, I chaired the Alcan Foundation for Portugal Mozambique. So for me, this project with Karim has two, uh, I would say two passions, which is naturally a for-profit, but at the same time, it's helping social entities continue to doing their social work for the betterment of mankind. Awesome. Uh, Karim R. Hey, I, I, I do not have that kind of a rich background as Kareem J, but, uh, <clears throat> but my story starts in uh, Karachi, Pakistan, where I was born in the advertising business. Uh, our business got sold to uh, J. Walter Thompson, WPP. I had the opportunity to work with them even post-acquisition uh, uh, as they uh, rebranded our company to become J. Walter Thompson, WPP. So I ran that for them for about eight years. Um, I studied, uh, I, I finished my high school in Pakistan, and then I went to Boston University. I uh, did my bachelor's and my master's over there. Um, I, I was involved in a very interesting project in Pakistan uh, and also got involved in uh, setting up an ad agency in Afghanistan during the time when, uh, well, this was back in 2003, when the bombs were going off full swing. <laughs> it was a, there's a war, you know. So anyway, dodged a lot of bullets, um, had, uh, uh, you know, had, had an in immense experience, uh, life-changing experience, actually, in a positive way. <clears throat> Got into uh, understanding telecom because that was the main client that we had created the agency for. Um, fast forward to 2008. Um, I, I uh, moved back to uh, the U.S. in 2003, uh, was here uh, working for J. Walter Thompson, still looking after Pakistan, Afghanistan. In 2008, I decided, you know, enough of advertising. I need to do something different. So I launched a consulting company, got involved in the first dual listing between NASDAQ and the DIFX, which is now NASDAQ Dubai. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, you know, uh, started uh, to consult for U.S. companies looking to uh, venture out into the Middle East and other parts of the world. So did that for a few uh, months, year, uh, maybe a year, <clears throat> and then got into uh, an exciting area, uh, mobile payments. Wrote a patent. And uh, we're now patented across 84 countries globally. We use a multi-channel, multi-factor approach to authentication, which uh, removes the threat that exists on the Internet. And we use the signaling channel of the mobile operators, the Amber Alert network that we're all uh, familiar with, um, to push messages and to receive a response. So it's literally ironclad security. And we're now working very closely with uh, uh, the, the biggest banks in India, uh, and we're uh, also deep in deep discussions with the U.S. government and uh, the um, banks over here in the U.S. <clears throat> so uh, we we also came up uh, with this idea of the Sharia compliant lottery, 
And it sounds like an oxymoron, which it is, because <laughs> gambling is gambling, right? Um, but the essence of gambling is when you uh, pay a dollar and you're, you're actually wagering that dollar uh, without getting anything in return, and, and you, have the, uh, you have more possibility of actually losing that dollar, um, that's considered gambling. And if you win, you're winning, uh, you're, you're winning at the expense of others who put in their, their dollars in there. So that's the essence of gambling. So we actually uh, took that model and turned it on its head <clears throat> and combined an e-commerce approach or, or a purchase approach. And we said, okay, uh, what if we uh, look at it from a different perspective? Allow a customer to purchase something and give them an option uh, to uh, enter the lottery for free, right? And that's acceptable. So the billion-dollar word over here is option because anything beyond that is free. Anything before that is paid for. So you, you have the option. Option negates any value uh, post uh, your selection. So, so that's how we, uh, we, we uh, positioned it. We actually have a copyright globally on this. And uh, we went ahead and launched it uh, as well. So, so we did that, um, you know, and, and then we moved into this area um, where COVID hit. And uh, at that time, we reached out to the YPO network and we said, look, we've got this concept. Uh, you know, we'd like to partner with people globally in any market. So Kareem raised his hand. And as he mentioned, Santa Casa was, uh, it was a very interesting party to talk to. So we went in and we said, look, instead of actually doing physical products, NFTs should be a very interesting, uh, you know, thing to, for, for people to make a purchase and then have the option to enter a lottery. They liked the idea. So they said, okay, interestingly, we're sitting on the world's second largest treasure trove after the Vatican uh, of art, artifacts and relics dating back to the time of Christ. And we said, come on, get out of here. You know, show me this, right? So they actually uh, showed us this in a museum in Lisbon. Uh, the museum of, uh, of that Santa Casa operates is next door to the Church of St. Rock. So we went there and they showed us something absolutely spectacular. And we said, uh, this cannot be true. They, they showed us a relic from St. Joseph, which is now an NFT on the website, artentic.com. I'll share my screen and show you that. And they showed us uh, something even more uh, amazing, which was a thorn from the uh, crown of thorns that Christ wore at the time of crucifixion. And I'll show you, uh, I'll show you that as well, which is absolutely stunning, you know, to, uh, to look at. So, uh, so we, we went into this partnership uh, with uh, Santa Casa. So it's a, it's a joint venture which we've launched. It is, uh, it's, it's unique in a sense, like Stefan also said, and you also said, Jay, look, I mean, this is a different approach to actually bringing NFTs uh, that have historic significance, emotional significance, and have potential investment value, but we're doing it in a different way, you know? So we're creating this di these digital twins, and the, uh, the ethos behind it is to actually bring it to the world, because how many times have we all been in a museum and we say, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could own that, right? And now you can actually own a digital twin, which is, which is unique and, and has a provenance. And you can see it. So, so these are, um, so as we, as we go into the, the main project here, which is, how do you pronounce it? Artsenic? Artentic. Artentic. A-R-T-E-N-T-I-K. Okay, Artentic. So as as we move into you know um, the, the and your backgrounds are incredible, 
And, you know, it's always interesting how you can have, you know, two people from entirely different, you know, career paths uh, <clears throat> join on something like this. And so as we move into this, so the ownership of the physical products is, is the museum. Yeah. And the museum is granting, you know, a, exclusive rights for these NFTs, meaning that yeah. it's, it's, they are providing the, um, uh, copyright or, or whatever it is to, to own these. Um, when you're dealing with a museum, <laughs> I generally don't think that these are people that understand NFTs or blockchain or cryptocurrencies overall. What what was that initial conversation like? And and then um, you know, run me through that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, Kareem Jaffer to answer that, and then I'm gonna supplement that because it's been a very interesting ride, I must tell you, and it's 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 beyond belief in a sense because of the of the short time frame that everything has happened. And even Santa Casa themselves said, this is the most incredible time, uh, you know, the, it, sorry, short period of time that we've actually done a project. In. Kareem. Hey, just to give you a quick background, uh, Santa Casa, it's a 523-year-old social institution. So they're basically, uh, it's a public entity in Portugal. And what was happening is with COVID, they saw half of their revenues, which were revenues from the gaming disappear. And why was this? Because great part of their uh, consumers were elderly people who didn't have COVID shots, who were uh, advised not to leave home. So they couldn't buy the physical gaming and to actually play the games. So they realized that the demand for social programs was increasing. Revenues had collapsed 50% and probably they couldn't see another 523 years ahead. So when we approached them we, and we understood, say, look, let's create something which first you can regenerate the source of consumers, which you can't at the moment. Your consumers are, it's a sad say, way to say, but I'm going to say they're dying, literally, they're dying. You're not bringing in younger consumers who are completely different from these consumers. Young consumers don't want to go to a physical outlet, which you sell your games. So at the moment, what you have is 50% with the tendency to decline. So there is no tendency to go uh, to increase. And then they start saying, look, we have so many arts going back to the 15th, 16th century artifacts, relics, which we don't have in the museum because it's a cost. Museums, all our museums lose money. So why should we put all these wonderful arts in the public uh, for the public to see if we're only losing money? So we keep them in a warehouse. They're well kept. But because there's no revenue, it's a cost to us. And people just keep donating more and more for social causes, which the demand is going up and up. And our revenue is going down and down in a very scary way. So I said, look, I have a person who I've spoken to, which was at that time with Karim and Boloro. We can have a call and see how we can use all this art which you have, which is the largest Catholic art in the world after the Vatican. And we can find ways to monetize it so that you can start recovering the loss of revenue you've been having and hopefully increase. Because the demand for social programs will continue to increase because as governments get into higher debt, something has to go when they start cutting on the expenses. And unfortunately, it's the social programs. So, And Santa Casa knows that when the government cuts their budget, that part has will be going to Santa Casa. So they have to increase their revenues very quickly. So that's how we brought into this idea, this thinking, and they realized that it is something that they probably will have to look into it. Now, 
bear in mind that you're talking to a 500-year-old institution, which has all its vices. We have to be very open. You know, it has its way of thinking as a public entity, so it's not a private entity. You know, uh, in Portugal, employment at the moment, it's not easy to fire people or lay off people. So you have all these obstacles to change mindsets. So we were like, let's give it a try. The worst that can happen is they won't do it. And Kadim says, what's, what's the risk? A call? Let's do it. Yeah. And then Kadim came in, and I'll let Kadim take over. But it was interesting that it was the president, the chairman of the board who said, I want to have this call. I want to learn if there is an opportunity. And he says, I don't understand anything about crypto. I don't understand anything about NFT. But I'm hearing about it. I'm starting to get learn uh, some knowledge but probably not enough to make a decision yet. So let's have the call and, and try to convince me that there is an opportunity for Santa Casa. Because the beauty is all the revenue that Santa Casa makes can be, how can I say, traced. So you can come to Portugal, see the actual pieces of art, so they exist. You can come and see all the social programs because they exist. So it's not something like someone draws a drawing, they make money and go buy a Ferrari. So there is some emotional appealing. So when you're buying, you know that you're buying for a good cause. For someone who is not as fortunate as we are, and we're trying to give them hope and an opportunity for the future. And and, and these are, you know, again, we're, we're talking about artifacts. And, and uh, Karimar, please, uh, let's... Don't, no more delays. Let's let's go ahead and do the screen sharing because because I think it's going to be helpful for people to understand what we're looking at. Um, and, and these are these are artifacts, uh, paintings, uh, 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 sculptures that that they're going through this warehouse, which has in some cases items as we spoke before that haven't been seen the light of days in hundreds of years. Yes. So it, on my screen, I don't know, Jay, uh, is my screen visible? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So this is what I was talking about. This is the uh, reliquary of the holy thorn of Christ's crown that he wore at the time of crucifixion. And, uh, and it was actually given to Santa Casa by a family 16, uh, in, in the 1600s. Okay, so it's got provenance and all that. So the family that uh, gave this to Santa Casa um, was given this by some, uh, someone they were doing business with, uh, you know, many, many years before they obviously donated this. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you, when I looked at it, I was like, this is very intriguing. So now I'm, and this is just taken, you know, with an, with a regular phone, right? You can see the blood on the thorn. This is what got me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, and if we can get this as a digital twin in the hands of people, wouldn't this be amazing? So th- th- this is just one of the relics. Now I'm going to show you. Um, okay, um, are you able to see uh, my screen? Yep. Yep. All right. So, so they've go got for a, it. Yeah. So they've got a, uh, you know the first uh, drops included a collection of 20 paintings of Saint Xavier, uh, Francis Xavier, uh, who's actually a very well-renowned uh, saint across uh, Asia. You know, and he did some amazing miracles and a, a lot of good work. Uh, you know, throughout the subcontinent and uh, East Asia as well. Um, what's, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, they, they have this entire 20 collection and they want to obviously, uh, you know, monetize what they, what they're offering to the public, uh, using this collection. But in addition to this, I'll just show you, uh, there's some beautiful reliquary, um, you know, from 
so for example, this is a statue of uh, Saint Xavier that they've got at the museum. Okay, and uh, and it's been uh, the, the digital twin is actually a 3D uh, capture uh, using photogrammetry, and uh, and it's available as an NFT. Uh, there's another one uh, which is uh, uh, I'll come to this one in a little bit, but uh, <clears throat> this is actually a relic uh, which embodies a piece of cloth from uh, Saint Joseph, Christ's father. And it's a beautiful uh, reliquary that actually um, has the has the cloth in it. And again, using photogrammetry, uh, this 3D rendition has been created. Uh, this has a lot of emotional significance because of uh, St. Joseph and the reliquary uh, and, and the history associated with it as well. We've got another one, which is uh, Child Jesus. Uh, this is a beautiful uh, sculpture that exists in the museum, and it has a very deep history uh, of, of how a family owned this, and they actually donated this to the museum. Um, and and again, it's uh, it's available at the museum for. So there, there, there are these relics, etc. I'm just going to come back to this one um, painting. So as Kareem was saying, Santa Casa has many social causes. This is one of the uh, social causes that they actually work with, which is a uh, uh, it's it's a uh, uh, organization for the uh, for the handicap and mental health, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So so they uh, so this is art that was actually produced by. Uh, artists from this institution, and already two have been purchased. Uh, you know, and, and all the proceeds basically go towards uh, funding uh, of that organization. So it's interesting to see, you know, how Santa Casa is actually partnering uh, with uh, with the organizations they already work with, and in the future with other organizations uh, that 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 have such uh, you know unique creative works from their uh, from their constituents who can actually. Uh, Put works on authentic and sell and monetize it for social causes. I mean, and and that's really amazing when you're talking about everything and going through these pictures. Thank you so much because it really helps define. We're talking about a whole different genre of of yeah. NFT. Um, you know, Stefan, I, I appreciate him being on here because he's not an NFT guy. Um, he he understands uh, clearly the technology behind him, but now we're actually seeing a, a real use case. Um, that someone says, I, I want a part of this history. Um, clearly there's, <laughs> these, these are one of a kind, incredibly rare, um, you know, the value of which could really can't be set. Um, but the museum, because they own these, they do have the, the rights to, to license them. And in most cases, these are, these are one of ones. I saw that the, uh, the, the, the painting you were talking about a second ago, there was three of those. But, yes. but the ones you're scrolling through right now, there's there's one. There will only ever be one NFT of that painting, correct? So so they they uh, so in order to because they they moved away from auctioning these paintings, so auctioning would have been one of one or one of okay. you know two or three. But uh, in this case, what they've done is they said, look, let's uh, it's a collection of twenty paintings. Okay. Okay, and each painting there would be twenty. Uh, uh, Sorry, hundred editions, hundred okay. editions, like so, hundred prints. Because again, it's it's for it's for charity, right? Okay. So uh, you know, bring it out, uh, let more people. Because it's got a lot of emotional connect with the, a lot of people that identify with this saint. 
so, so Santa Casa's philosophy for uh, making so many editions available, and yet, you know, I mean, 100 in the NFT world is still limited in a sense, right? But uh, <laughs> making it uh, available to uh, many, I mean, you're looking at a base of 2.3 billion Christians globally, you know, uh, as the as the universe, but beyond that, you've got collectors who actually identify with such art and artifacts, right? So, so Santa Casa's uh, uh, board chairman, uh, you know, were of the view that look, we do not want to be very uh, exclusive in that sense because this has a lot of emotional appeal. Yes, but we won't make two billion for uh, you know one for every Christian. But, you know, let's let's come up with a number that is um, you know that still has that kind of scarcity and appeal. And yet, uh, you know, it fulfills, uh, you know, a lot of people's dreams of actually owning something that emotional. That's fabulous. And, and what's been the, because uh, you just launched how long ago? Yes. We launched literally a couple of weeks ago. And we're learning, as everyone else is in the NFT field. So, uh, again, as Kareem was mentioning, uh, you know, this is a 523-year-old organization. Marketing is uh, marketing at a global scale. And marketing to NFT, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the NFT crowd is something that they're learning now. So, you know, we're 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 trying to navigate through the waters, helping them as well. But it's a process. Oh, and, I, I, and, I, I, yeah, I would, <laughs> you know I would fully believe that marketing to the the you know the age range, um, these are not your typical crypto people. So, how do you go through the education of teaching them a you know, what an NFT is, but, yes. but B, um, how do, you know, how do you, how do you get, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, uh, go too much on any age range, but again, um, how do you teach that, that group about, um, crypto? So, so it, it, what's interesting is that, uh, you, I mean, we, we all know, and being part of Y Whales, we know that, you know, there's this constant, um, uh, interest in crypto. Right. And, uh, and and we're getting a lot more people learning about it. You look at the statistics in the U.S., uh, you know, more and more people are getting uh, familiar with crypto. More and more people have been investing in crypto, especially during COVID. Right. So uh, so what we're what, what Santa Casa has been doing is actually putting the word out through uh, a lot of uh, press press coverage. And there's been a there's been a tremendous amount of press about this as well, which has been very useful. And now comes the, you know, the, 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 the fact that we need to build a community. And that's where, that's the stage that Santa Casa is in right now for authentic. So building the community, that's, that's the challenge and the opportunity at the same time. So that's where their focus is right now, working on, uh, you know, how to reach uh, these people, how to build the community, how to educate them, how to make sure that they understand the value of this. How, uh, the, and, that, and the fact is that, they understand that these are NFTs for good causes. That's that's the uh, you know the, the key message. Yeah. In long run, I'm curious. Are you? Yeah, I was just going to ask. Long run, are you looking to keep authentic, like very specific to this one charity, or are you looking to become more of a, I guess, um, NFTs for a good cause kind of platform across the board? Like, are you? It's actually the latter. How do you see that? Yeah, it's actually the okay. latter. So what they want to do is they want to, it's uh, the, uh, the authentic platform is curated by Santa Casa, right? So they, they want to attract other charities, other organizations, artists who want to donate their works towards charities, et cetera, to bring their uh, artworks onto the platform. 
So uh, like this Monikomio uh, painting uh, from the mental health institution, you know, so, so they're, they're open, they're open, but they would always, uh, you know, have the last word in the sense of curating uh, the art that comes on to them and, and to make sure that every single uh, penny that goes back, uh, you know, has, has a social cause attached to it. Yes, of course, the artist needs to make some money, obviously, but, uh, you know, there has to be a social cause attached to it. So what's give me a give me a couple of good early success stories. I, I'm sure you've gotten some feedback. Um, yes. what, what's something somebody's been very excited about? So what what we've got is uh, you know uh, there've been a lot of encouraging comments that uh, you know to a point where they're saying wow this is a project this is an NFT project that actually makes sense. I mean it, it's even to that extreme you know but uh, but but more importantly the emotional connect that people have with these kind of uh, art artifacts and relics uh, you know and the way they're talking about it has been actually beyond our expectations. So you know some have been saying that uh, okay you know uh, uh, maybe your your pricing needs to be slightly different so we're taking into account all those kind of considerations as we do more drops in the future um one of the things that uh, we've learned through this is um you know we rather than going to a, a the landing page that they have right now go straight onto the marketplace so that's been a learning so we're changing that um, so we're constantly going to be evolving, you know, to, to try and make sure that the user feedback is, is taken into account and the site and the offerings adapt to it. So, and, and I think there's going to be more uh, digital first art as well coming on uh, in addition to these historic ones, uh, these historic digital twins. So, so that's going to happen as well. And, and you're on uh, uh, obviously the Ethereum chain. Uh, we're on the Polygon uh, chain because of uh, lower gas fees. Uh, the Ethereum chain, you know, I mean, if you buy a 900 euro, uh, uh, you know, item, uh, the Ethereum chain would actually cost you, uh, you know, an arm and a leg, right? So, so we're on the Polygon chain to start okay. with, um, and we will be exploring other chains in the future. Fabulous. Yeah. And the other thing that they are very, very keen on working with us on is actually getting into the metaverse. And, uh, you know, because they also are, are kind of the operator or the custodian in a sense of the Church of St. Rock, which is actually considered to be one of the wealthiest churches in terms of square feet. So it's a small, uh, church, uh, and the artifacts that are in there, are valued to be, you know, uh, per square feet more than any other church in the world. Uh, so, you know, bringing that first church uh, into the metaverse, uh, you know, is something that uh, is, is resonating with them as an idea. And even the museum that they that these artifacts and art is, uh, are present in. Well, I, again, I think it's it's incredibly courageous and, and forward thinking of you to, to again take uh, museums. Uh, and, and of which are, are not generally thought of as the technically uh, most forward thinking and, and doing what you what you guys have already started doing. And this is just really a first generation that's only a few weeks old. And so um, absolutely amazing. So so thank you guys both for, uh, for taking the thank time and, and, and sharing this project with all of us. Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, as we end uh, our podcast, we would love to uh, encourage everyone that's uh, viewed this to actually come in, support Authentic. Uh, 
it's all for good causes. We we not only uh, request that you support it financially, but also uh, from a creative perspective. Uh, any inputs, and even if you've got art that you would like to uh, showcase over here, um, and uh, and and uh, make available in terms of uh, supporting good causes, we would welcome the opportunity. So thank you, Kareem. Do you want to add anything? <clears throat> What we're doing is for the well-being of the those who are underprivileged, and I think this is an opportunity to show that we care for those who don't or not as lucky as we are. Fabulous, guys! Really love this. And and again, uh, the the website is uh, if you can spell it out for us real quick. It's authentic a r t e n t i c dot com. And you guys on Twitter? Where, uh, T-I-K, sorry, A-R-T-E-N-T-I-K dot com. We'll put it up on the screen. Uh, any other Thank social you. media places to follow this? Yeah, there we're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Artentic, A-R-T-E-N-T-I-K. We're, we're there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Why Whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. Why Whales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.